0: Uh, there, it's Matt, or the Allard as I'm sometimes called. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, I'll be spending it with the family, um, doing the normal sort of Christmassy stuff. I'll probably, well no I will, drag some of them down to Griffin Park on Boxing Day as has now become a sort of tradition. Um, seems we play at home every Boxing Day nowadays. Um, I'm looking forward to the New Year weekend though. Um, I reckon I've worked out I can do a footy triple header over the three days. We have a non-league game sandwiched in between Bees v Norwich and the away trip to Birmingham. Um, So, yeah, it should all be good fun and um, hope everybody else has a great Christmas.
5: Hi, this is Dave Lane, wishing you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, I hope you all have a great time. You get lots of presents and you spend some quality time with your family. That's that's exactly what I'm intending to do, having a quiet one at home with the kids. And um, hopefully I get a bit spoilt. Hi, this is Liberal Nick
4: here. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a good one. Um, given my new circumstances, I think Christmas Day might be more sober than it has been in past years because of the 1pm uh, kickoff boxing day against uh, Cardiff. So, uh, going to necessitate a pretty early start and drive up the motorway for me. On Boxing Day, so uh, not too much of the Christmas cheer, but you know, never mind. Brentford, I'll enjoy it, and uh, looking forward to the game then.
1: Well, uh, hello everybody. Uh, this is uh, Savvy Bee here. I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's all it's all all good here, apart from the terrible lurgy that I've got. So if you hear me coughing all over the place, uh, you know what that is.
3: Hi, Billy the Bee here, wishing all bees and non-bees and your families. A very, very Merry Christmas and hope you have lots of cheer, lots of wine, lots of food, lots of beer, lots of anything else that you might drink. Even if you're a non-alcoholic, just whatever you do, drink and eat and be merry, as they say. I'm actually looking forward to being back in London for Christmas Um, for the first time in a couple of years. Spent the last couple of years up in Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, lovely place. Just decided to get away for the last two years, so I've missed the traditional Boxing Day game for a couple of years, but I'm back this year, fingers crossed, to hopefully see Three points against
0: the Welsh. So 2016, Brentford. I reckon I'd say it was a typical Brentford year. Um, At least how I remember them from you know years of the probably slightly more distant past. Um, Mid-table with a bit of playoff and relegation flirting. Um, only we're doing it in the championship now, rather than at whatever the third level was and is called, um, you know, in recent times. Um, I'll take that. Yeah, it's been a bit up and down, but maybe not quite as dramatic as it may have felt at times to us. Um, I, you know, I, I reckon we're probably in some respects, you know, still pinching ourselves that we're in the championship and we're so sort of desperate to. To um, to keep that championship status, that that, that probably we you know we, we we go sort of into mild panic mode as w- when we get on bad runs. Um, so, but you know, I I, I sort of think it, it's been it's been a good pretty good year. There's been long ups, there's been long downs, rather than just you know a short short roller coaster ride. It's been pretty dragged out, um, you know. And I kind of think it's been prolonged periods of being below average and then above average. Reality is, though, we've never really hit the heights or lows that we've seen in, you know, in the last poof, however many years in that sort of drop down to to, to League Two and then our bounce back up. You know, those highs and lows we've not seen this year at all. So,
5: you know, but I'll,
0: I'll kind of take it.
5: 2016 for me was a year of ups and downs highs and lows Um, we went on some amazing winning runs we went on some sort of awful losing runs Um, I'm not sure where we are in terms of a year further down the line so this time last year I, I, I don't think we're any stronger I don't think we're particularly any weaker either um, it's been a bit of a bit of a sort of treading water kind of uh, 12 months really, um, and I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to next year, and, um, I, I, and I think hopefully we'll we'll have a below you know, um, sort of a decent transfer window, and uh, we don't we don't lose um, and we actually bring in some more quality. It's what we need right now.
4: 2016 for Brentford for me was a year of up and downs. Uh, we had the up. Uh, which was our final finishing performance in the league. Ninth, pretty spectacular, I reckon. Down was the uh, uncertainty of our form through February and March of last season. Uh, I can't say that there weren't times when I was really worried. Um, thank you zelani and Bill Grant for assuring me that everything would be all right. Uh, another couple of ups and downs. Rico Henry signing in the summer from Walsall was a definite up. Um, but another down was our loss to Walsall at home in the third round of the Cup that was really really annoying Um, and uh, more locally up was our 3-0 spanking of Fulham at our last home game of the season that was what a day but down, equally down was losing 3-0 to QPR at our place last March which was in the real middle of our bad run Um, uh, and finally ending on an up because one has to do, that was being QPR 2-0 at Loftus Road in October. 2-0. QPR 0, Brentford 2. Can't ever say that enough. QPR 0, Brentford 2.
1: So, looking back at uh, 2016, we had a terrible start. Terrible. I mean, started off by losing to uh, to Walsall in the cup. Then uh, Taki goes on strike. Um, that was good fun, wasn't it? Uh, Tombs and Hotter go by the end of that window, and uh, nothing comes in, so it it started to look a bit a uh, bit ropey around them. They have had a god awful run to the end of March, and then Judge gets injured, and we're all thinking, oh my god! And that, you know, I, I admit to having doubts myself about Smith and about the way we were going. we really looking like we we could drop down, but then bang, it all comes right, and uh, and Hogan steps onto the scene, and he's an absolute hero, scoring millions of goals at every opportunity. So. We we went into the summer quite quite uh, lifted I think. Uh, we lost Button and Bidwell uh, in the summer, which completely ruined our Maxine Collins song, uh, "Selfish Sods." Um, but uh, the new boys that came in looked good. And I think this season's been uh, been a bit of uh, Hogan's Heroes really. I think without Hogan, we would be uh, really really unhappy now. But um, but Hogan's played brilliantly, scored tons of goals, as, as everyone knows and we've looked a bit up and down in terms of performances. Sometimes we look great, sometimes uh, we definitely don't look great. But on the whole, I think we're, we're even, even kill, middle, middle championship. And uh, for me, that's that's fine. I'm happy with that.
3: 2016, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but this year has been a year of consolidation. There's been some great moments. There's been some terrible moments. And in my opinion, if you look at us around us at this very moment in time, Look around the league. Teams like Birmingham City, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, and Leeds all flying high. We're a team who are underperforming massively. I think we got the players to match these teams. We just don't seem to be clicking consistently, and that's a worry. Um, it didn't come out 2015 smelling of roses. Uh, so 2016 was a time that we had to sort of kind of reinvent ourselves to a certain extent. Dean Smith has just come in as manager. He's in for a few weeks. And uh, it started off a little bit whiffy. Um, lost a few matches away from, you know, a few matches, you know, home and, and, and away from home. And then the away trip in Preston's granny was great. Because all of a sudden, it looked like, you know, we were back on track beating 3-1. But then it went rapidly downhill after them. We were bashed up at Sheffield Wednesday, 4-0. We lost to Charlton, who were rubbish. Went down to Loftus Road, 3-0, which was a horrible day out. We played horrible. It was just terrible. And then we had Alan Judge breaking his leg. But then, on the flip side of it, we had the reintroduction of Hogan to our team. Most people have never seen him play. So uh, that was great and we had a tremendous run to the end of the season. See, end of the season. Finished ninth. And then for the Besotted crew, we took a little foray to France to the Euros. That was fun, dodging locals and Russians in Marseille. Videos all over the, the nets if you've even seen them. And then the euphoria of the last minute winner against Wales. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The pre-match party at St Etienne, the game was rubbish when we played, was it Slo- Slovakia, Slovenia? Followed by that utter rubbish served up in Nice as England went out to Iceland, which was uh, quite frankly just, uh, you know, rubbish. And uh, the Icelandics, the worst thing about it is they were just happy to be there. They just didn't really care. And they just handed it on, to, on on a plate. Summer transfer window, uh, that was good for the bees, but not spectacular, I have to be honest about it. You know, if anything, it was a tad disappointing that we weren't able to sign Sergi Canos. Okay, we couldn't afford him. And Reading, you know, or not Reading, but it was actually uh, Norwich put a load of money out for him. But the fact is that, you know, we needed certain players and uh, he didn't get them in. So uh, he's a player we could have undoubtedly taken us to another level. And his creativity, or his type of creativity, we're missing really badly. And other than that, the win against QPR and us bashing up Reading and Preston at home, they're brilliant. And Brighton away, of course. Can't forget that. But this season's been quite forgettable. It's been so-so. Compared to our last few seasons anyway. So we're uh, pretty much where we deserve to be. Could we do better? Of course we could. Will we do better? Let's see what happens this window, eh? Barnsley were bottom of League One. We have to remember at this time last year. Roughly this time last year. And now they're playing us in the League Above. So anything can happen.
0: What's most... Favourite exciting Brentford moment of 2016. You can't really look past beating QPR 2-0 away. You know, just a, just, a, just a few weeks ago now, wasn't it? We, we were struggling going into the game. Um, it was on TV, so loads of people were watching it. It was under the lights. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a rocking atmosphere at, at Loftus Road, but it was it was pretty good. And um, it just felt like we exercised another ghost. Um... It was just, yeah, it was a good night. I, 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 We haven't had, you know, for me, we've not had sort of anything. The, the games haven't been as exciting um, this year as they were, you know, maybe, you know, two years ago or during the promotion run and stuff like that. But, but so, so, yeah, I'm going for the QPR game. Um, it's
5: got quite exciting in the pub after the game as well. Uh, but that's probably another story. I'm sure I'm not going to be alone saying the highlight of 2016 was winning at Loftus Road. Um, it's something that we haven't done in my lifetime I, I went to the match not really expecting anything at all if I'm honest and what we, what we actually were served up was one of the best performances from a Brentford team in, in quite a while um, it started a loop it started to, or came in the middle of a losing sequence but I think that was the icing on the cake for 2016 for me
4: My top moment of 2016 is easy. Um, It was leaving Loftus Road on the night of October the 28th. That'll stay long in the memory. um, Brentford fans on a high, QPR fans on a low. We'd seen a magnificent game um, and it was QPR nil, Brentford two. For the tape, I'll say that again. QPR nil, Brentford two.
1: Uh, my highlight of the season uh, might seem a bit odd, but it was uh, Taki going on strike. And, uh, and that game, at the end of the game, um, you whoever know, does the DJing at Brentford played uh, Price Tag by Jesse J, uh, which, as you know, goes uh, it's all about the money, money, money. And uh, I thought that was just brilliant. That just really made me laugh on the way out after what was uh, quite a strange day, I think, uh, with with um, Taki going on strike. A lot of people. Just um, sort of got behind the club in a way, just uh, just saying that you know he was out of order and and kind of got people behind the club, so that that was quite good.
3: For my favourite moment of 2016, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the year and look back to that trip to Preston in January. Um, We come back at the back of three match losing streak think Birmingham away, um, then it's Burnley and 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 Middlesbrough. Uh, We had. It's all going a bit horrible. Like Taskovsky tried to hold us to ransom. We weren't at the races. There's a bit infighting. You know, had injuries. You know, it's just all a bit mm, horrible. You know, um, and uh, like I said, we weren't against the races against Burnley. They bashed us up properly. Uh, we were unlucky against Burnley and probably Borough as well. So you know. A load of bees went up to Preston. Not really expecting that much. We just went out for a good old-fashioned day out. Um, we turned up in Preston. We beat them 3-1. Played some great football. Um, Alan Judge scored a really well-worked goal from an exquisite cross for Barbe. And I really thought that season, the turn, the corner turned really thought the corner had turned the away fans were brilliant really good voice just out there you know those old fashioned away games where everyone just turns up and they're behind the team and they're just there for a laugh that was great and uh, also the home fans I mean they're brilliant you know the phone fans they, they, they showed us a number of quality never tried before booze it's never you know, where did this come from we were going so for us that whole day at Preston was really great and it was one of my favourite moments of 2016 I have to put that down as my favourite
0: what about worst moment worst Brentford moment of 2016 Um, I guess I'm going to stay at Loftus Road for this and it was losing 3-0 I don't really see you know what else what else was was that bad yeah we lost to Fulham at home but I thought Fulham were a decent team QPR um, we were we really struggled that day Um, I don't know if I thought at the time how bad it was but when I look back on it the whole thing with the way the team lined up um, it was just really sort of you know it just it just wasn't much fun at all. Um, I, I'm going to give a special shout out as well. Um, I, I reckon you know the Lewis McLeod injury this you know this season at at Loftus Road. Um, it 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 really made me feel quite sick to be honest. I kind of you kind of although it didn't look like it was a you know what what happened looked like it was going to constitute a bad injury. You kind of knew there was no reason for him to stay down like he did and. And and you know just the looks on the other players, you knew it was bad. And, and I would say that was a that's a real sort of low as well when it came to, when it comes to the players.
5: Worst moment of 2016. There's there's no competition. It was it was Norwich away a couple of weeks back. Um, I went to went to Carrow Road needing Brentford to uh, put a smile on my face, and what they did was devastating. Um, I, I've never never felt so low walking out of a football ground in my life. I don't think. Um, I never want to experience that again. Um, I know it's tough. We're in a, we're in a decent division, um, but that, that was a, that was a sort of a level um, that we we've we, not seen in the whole of our championship time so far. And I think that was that was like that was the lowest ebb I think. And um, I, I'm I'm hoping 2017 doesn't see any repeat of that.
4: The worst moment of uh, my time following Brentford in 2016 was our trip to Newcastle, not because Newcastle isn't a fantastic place, um, we had a wonderful weekend up there, really good city, good pubs, nice people, friendly away fans, or friendly home fans as they were at that stage, had a really, really good time but we arrived in that magnificent stadium, climbed all those stairs up to the top and then the game kicked off and in 20 minutes we were 2-0 down. And then I thought to myself, you know, is this typical Brentford? Typical that we freeze in the big games. We'd been there before and frozen. Um, and when we went 2-0 down after 20 minutes, I thought this is going to be a cricket score run-up. Fortunately, we got ourselves together. And uh, with the vocal away support that there was, you could hardly hear the Newcastle fans from where we were standing, right at the back of uh, the Gallagher end. But had a good time. Um, But it was the worst moment, those first 20 minutes of the Newcastle game.
1: So, uh, my worst moment of the season, it's got to be the uh, 3-0 loss at uh, Loftus Road. That was a a horrible, horrible day, horrible loss, horrible everything. Um, That's when I kind of felt that uh, Dean Smith was really losing it by putting Judge up front. Um, The fans were getting at each other. It was just really ugly, really ugly, horrible day. Uh, Following week, uh, we played Blackburn, lost that one as well. And that's when I started to tip over and start thinking, "Uh, oh, no, no, it's all going wrong. But uh, we all know what happened after that.
3: The worst moment of 2016 for me. It's interesting because I know a lot of people probably put down the QPR loss, which is horrible. You know, that 3-0 loss to the QPR, that was horrible. But we were in the middle of a really bad spell there anyway. And uh, when I came out of QBR, even though I was disappointed, I wasn't as disappointed as some. Um, I still didn't think that we were going to go down around that time, even though we were horrible. But it was terrible. But my worst moment was when we lost 2-0 at home to Fulham. And and the reason why is that, I don't know, I came out of that game really low. First of all, there wasn't really the build-up that there normally is. It's a Friday night game against Fulham, but it was really flat. The vibe was really flat. The game was really flat. The fans were really fat. And then we kind of surrendered to them and it kind of was a sort of kind of like you know last season we said look you know we need to add some players we need to do certain things for Brentford to take us to that next level you know we beat Huddersfield 5-1 away we couldn't wait to the next season and this season was so up and down where we won some matches we were losing matches we were losing to Rotherham we were beating Preston you know and so when that Fulham came, came and they were Good Fulham, I have to put me out tip me out to them and say they were good. It kinda of really made me realise that we aren't really there yet and we're kind of just pretty much an average side and just going out and surrendering to Fulham 2-0 was just horrible.
0: Best bees match I saw in two thousand and sixteen. I'm gonna stick with what I said at the last at the end of last season, um Nottingham Forest away. It 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 was just one of those sort of we were st- one of those days we were staring down the barrel of a gun you know at the time and um, there was a lot of people worried due to performances and, and all of that sort of stuff and you know but, but, but you just saw the whole thing turn around with that lucky goal lucky Viber goal um, and the whole sort of thing turned around the mood turned around and, um, and, in, and and in a lot of respects the year is summed up in those 90 minutes.
5: My best bees game was 2016. Well, not a predictable one probably, but I'd say not in a forest away. Uh, We went there in the absolute depths of despair um, we, we couldn't buy a win at that stage, and, and you know everyone was thinking relegation could be a reality. Um, in the end, it was a turning point. We went on an amazing run after that, and um, you know if we'd had if we'd had a couple more wins earlier on, we might have even made the playoffs again. So it was it was a, a turning point, and it was just a huge relief. And I'll be honest with you, it's one of the best parties we've had on an away on an away day or back um, on the train. I think the, just the, just that sense of relief was palpable, um, and. Um, uh, yeah, that, that that gets my vote. I'm going to be slightly perverse
4: in choosing the best Bees match that I saw in 2016. And I'm plumping for the Huddersfield away, uh, even though it was a game that we lost 2-1. Two reasons stand out particularly. Uh, one of which is that I thought David Wagner, um, the manager of Huddersfield, was a breath of fresh air. And I was delighted to see this week actually he turned down going to Wolfsburg in the German. Uh, League who are riding pretty high I think in the Bundesliga at the moment to stay at Huddersfield because he wants to finish what he started there and I think they play attractive football but two, it was just a great day out Uh, Huddersfield was hot and sunny and they had a food and beer festival on there Um, and so even despite losing 2-2-1 we uh, add a great day out
1: well as for my favourite game of the year, that's uh, that's going to be easy as well, uh, local derby against Fulham, um, Saturday 30th of April I believe, attendance, um, massive, uh, and uh, a 3-0 win, uh, Hogan getting a couple nice and early, uh, it was just such a walkover, so beautiful, uh, got my cousin off my back uh, for, the, for the day, he was giving me a bit of jip via WhatsApp, and um, yeah, lovely.
3: 3-0 win. Oh. It's funny because there was obviously some terrible moments, but we had some, you know, we had some good moments over that whole year. Um, you know, we talked about 3-0, Fulham at home. We talked about sort of QPR 2-0. All those are really great moments. I really love them. Um, but I'm actually going to go back to the end of last season when we beat Huddersfield 5-1 last game of the season. It was just like it was the end. It was the end of a fantastic run for us. Um, we come through a ter- out of a terrible, terrible period, and then we just seemed to click. And we went up to Huddersfield, and I know a lot of the Huddersfield fans saying, we were on the beach, we weren't even, you know, we weren't at the races by that time, but no, Brentford were actually good. We went up there and we bashed them up. Good and proper 5-1, it was a beautiful sunny day, it was great, the Bees fans again, you know, in good voice and good vibe, and I just thought it was a great way to end off the season and and go into the Euros, which was uh, pretty rubbish. But no, absolutely um, best match for me, 5-1, Huddersfield away.
0: Um best goal of 2016 I would say is the one scored by Romain Sawyers at QPR. Um it seemed the pretty you know, the result pretty much um was decided by that goal. Um it was a wonderful strike, you know, he hit the ball coming across him, and to be honest, he kinda hit it straight at me, so I could see literally from the moment that he struck it it was gonna be in the net. Um and it was, you know, it was it was just yeah, it was, it was. I thought it was a brilliant goal, but also the, there was a bit more to it than that, you know. I, I also think that you know, Soyuz was a player that was being given a hard time, you know, at the time, and, and he has a little bit since as well. Um, it's, it was quite funny when he scored how quickly, you know, you know the phone, the fans that been having a go at him just seconds before quickly forget that, um, you know. But it hasn't last long, and um, and and you know, you got to say that that there's a lot of people that remain hasn't proved himself to. Um, yet, um, but I can see a decent player in in Soyuz, so yeah, I'm a
5: Remainer. Best goal of 2016, the one the one that really does stand out. I think, well, it's a couple that stand out, and I, th- I think they came in the the five-one win at um, Huddersfield in the last game of the season. I don't think it particularly were were the classics, but I, I think it was just the simplicity and the, the the you know the raw efficiency and devastating finishing of, of Scott Hogan. We that after- that afternoon we really really tore him apart, and there were some great midfield displays from KK actually from Kirschbaum, putting putting some balls through, and Hogan sort of latched onto it, and um, he, he, he was just clinical, and I, and I, was, I came away from that that day it was a really hot day and we came away sort of really excited and looking forward to the new season so hopefully plenty more goals from Scotty Hogan in 2017 assuming he doesn't go anywhere. Best goal of 2016
4: I suspect that we're all probably going to say the same thing but I for me it was Romain Sawyers the second goal against QPR um, down at Loftus Road back in October what a strike that was um, and that is why Romain Sawyers is worth the money he is and why he should remain a Brentford player and why he'll become a Brentford player that we really will appreciate in the years to come.
1: I think my favourite goal of the season was uh, Lasse-Vibé's uh, goal at uh, Ipswich um, in, uh, in April. Uh, he kicked it with the outside of his right boot and curled it round the, uh, the keeper. It looked brilliant live. I mean, I was I was there at the game and it just, just looked amazing then. Doesn't look so good when you watch it back, but it was a superb goal. And it just cemented that win. It cemented our third win in a row um, from that terrible, terrible run we had early in the season. And uh, that was just, just magic. Magic day, magic performance. And, of course, tinged with uh, that awful, awful tackle on um, I called it a tackle um, on uh, Judge by uh, Luke Hyam. so uh, it's it kind of payback the whole thing was payback in that lovely 3-1 win
3: Again there's quite a few goals that we scored which have not been too bad this this whole year if you look at it from the beginning of the year to the end and uh, obviously like things like Sawyer's goal against QPR great the way that he took it bang back in the net and it, it had a real impact and it was a real moment obviously QPR fans weren't really happy when they saw that hit the back of the bet but for me I'm going to go and plump for it Alan Judge's goal away to Preston. I just like it. it. was at that moment where you know Barbe just had the ball at the back of the area. He looked up and just did this exquisite Beckham-esque type cross from the left all the way over to the right, and Judge took it, could bring the ball down, took his way around the defenders, went inside the box, sort of between two defenders, banged the ball in the back of the net. And just the way that that goal happened for me was absolutely fantastic. So I loved that Judge's goal against Preston um, in January
0: biggest fluff of 2016 um, I always sort of give this sort of thing to the club to be honest um, it, there was there wasn't a pitch gate let's be honest nothing as bad as pitch gate so sort of thinking back I suppose there was badge gate um, how badly the club managed that I don't know could they' have you know maybe got more supporters on side before 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 announcing the badge personally I don't mind it so you know I, it, it feels like it was a fluff um, for a lot of supporters, a lot of supporters got really energised by that, more energised than they have by by a number of other things this year. Um, but you know, so yeah, I suppose you can say you can call that as a fluff. Um, <laughs> I still, I still personally, I, I still my, my little fluff. It's the smaller one ones. I think the media team and I still go back to the January transfer window um, last year when um, I think I'm sure it was Jermaine Udemanga was was on loan at Wickham and he um, and, and that loan was stopped and he came back to Brentford and we announced it as a transfer
5: deadline day signing. That still makes me chuckle even now. Biggest fluff of twenty sixteen. There's been a few, if I'm honest with you. Um uh, Brighton away was one of the one of the sort of like Again, that was a low ebb. But as a fluff, I think Rotherham away this season. We we played really well or played okay. We didn't deserve to lose. Um, we we should have we should have won by a country mile that day. So I think they're the kind of fluffs that stand out. The, the games where we play well and we all we're, we're so superior and we don't actually convert our chances. I think they're they're the fluffs when there's a disconnect between the midfield and and the strikers. Um, we we've seen that we've seen that sort of far too often. So. For, for as, as good as they can be, sometimes they can be bloody awful.
4: Biggest fluff of 2016, I'm actually going to say biggest fluffs of 2016, and it's been several uh, done by Lasse Vibe recently, I'm afraid. He just looks like a player who is severely lacking in confidence. We all know he's got something there, I mean, and uh, he was captain of the um, Denmark team at the Olympic Games this summer, so. Um, better people than I realise that he's not a bad player Uh, he just seems severely lacking confidence and if I had one other Christmas wish um, it would be that Lasse wakes up in the morning um December the 25th looks in his stocking and finds its brim full of confidence because I think he needs it and all he needs to do is score a couple of goals lay on a couple of good passes uh, I think I've said this previously and I reckon he'll go back to being the good striker we know that he is and let's not forget last season he was our joint top scorer so you know he, is, he hasn't suddenly become a bad player
3: The biggest fluff of 2016 Uh, It's got to be the Cup really Um, We lost to Walsall 1-0 in the Cup Which is embarrassing First of all, Deed Smith was their manager And secondly, they just came down in their droves To absolutely abuse us And they had a great opportunity And it was at a time that we needed a bit of an injection We needed a bit of a vibe, you know, going Um, There was talk of the fact that our season was going to be over By the end of December, January And fans really ate that You know, the fact that we weren't going to invest in any players Or anything like that So they needed something So the fact that we kind of like didn't take the Cup seriously just the same way that we didn't take the, uh, the cup against Exeter. I mean, that was pretty, a bit of a fluff as well, losing to Exeter at their place, and they're like pro- probably one of the sort of bottom teams in the whole league. Um, yeah, the Cup's um, biggest fluff of 2016, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, hopefully, this will be reviewed in 2017.
0: Um, biggest missed opportunity of 2016? You know, with hindsight, I've got to say, not selling Alan Judge in last January's transfer window. Um, it's probably what's it cost us probably a good few million quid um, did he help us avoid relegation if we were really in a relegation battle well you know judge you got injured not soon after we turned the corner um, and we kept on winning so kept you know you can make an argument that that, that we play the end of the season and play some of our best football in the latter months of that season without Alan Judge um, you know uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting one um, it's money we're never going to see now for him um because you know let's face it he's not signed the contract and nobody's going to be paying that money for an injured player in January
5: biggest missed opportunity for 2016 is the is the it's a continued absence of Yota. i i think um i think he is just one big missed opportunity i i, I understand that um you know there's this talk going on as as we probably speak that you know there's a there's a chance that he may come back or he might come back and go out on loan but it's just this continual kind of if only if only we could get the best out of him. If only we could get him to pull on a Brentford shirt and be anywhere near as good as he was in that first season of the Championship. So, not a missed opportunity in terms of a missed chance. It's just a missed opportunity that an amazing talent is just being wasted at the moment. So, get get back here, Yotta. Get the Brentford shirt on and play for the bees.
4: Biggest missed opportunity of 2016? <sighs> as has been the case for several years for Brentford, I think it's actually our failure to do anything in the cup, um, or cups, but uh, we get always get knocked out of the League Cup or whatever it's now called in the autumn. And we seem to have difficulty progressing beyond third, fourth rounds of the FA Cup. This year it would be nice to see that change.
1: It's hard to know what our biggest uh, missed opportunity of the season was. Um... You know, we, we, we don't know how much players want, or the agents want, how much the clubs want for them. Well, we've got an idea of what the clubs want for them once they've gone. Um, so people like Pritchard are clearly out of our our league. Uh, but Canos, two and a half million. Ooh, I know we've never paid two and a half million for a player, but um, there was one we were going to, it might have been him. But I suspect that you know Norwich can afford much bigger wages than we can. So.
3: Biggest missed opportunity of 2016. I mean, I'm thinking it is Sergi Canos. I know that we said it was too expensive. He was 2.5 mil, and he was out of our league. But we actually really miss a player like that. Um, whether or not we could have negotiated them down, you know, he's gone to Norwich, where he's not even playing. He's not even in the squad. He would have been death potty to come to us. But we've just shown how Brentford really miss player, a faster creative player, you know, a winger, you know, whatever you want to say, we, we, we missed that type of player in our side who can change the game up, um, take the game to the opposition, you know, and we, we haven't got that, you know, in our side at the moment now, so you can see that we could sometimes be a little bit one-dimensional, we could be a little bit predictable, um, sometimes even people said recently we'd be a little bit boring, you know, a little bit safe, and to have a player like that in our side, I think it would have been great, and I think it's a real missed opportunity, unfortunately. I don't know about the financial side, but as an opportunity, it's definitely missed.
0: If I was to be granted one wish for Brentford in 2017, it would be, and I say this every year, um, an FA Cup run. Goodness, you know, for God's sake, can we please, please, please turn up in the FA Cup? Um, you know what? We could be last year's Reading. Why not? You know, I'm, we're not going up this season. That's clear. Um, I just hope we sort of, you know, have a go at the FA Cup. I'll take a semi final appearance at Wembley, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't you, lot? Not that greedy?
5: If I could be granted one wish for Brentford for 2017, well, apart from the obvious, apart from the promotion, um, I think it would be just for a better atmosphere at Griffin Park. Um, I've enjoyed every home game, I think, um, bar one or two over the last couple of years. Um, it's just the one thing. It's a bone of contention that the the atmosphere and the, and the volume is down quite why that is we we've talked about on the podcast before but if if I could get a volume button maybe a remote control um and just just ramp up the the, the noise levels again and, and the pottiness um probably yeah recreate hate corner on Ealing Road it, it, it's lacking and it's not for that's not knocking the ones that do try it but there's not quite enough rabidness going on so maybe that's what um maybe that's what I wish for just a big volume button a remote control for the Ealing Road end
4: I'm going to be greedy. I want two wishes for Brentford for 2017. I want Lasse Vibay to have all that confidence restored to him. But more importantly, I want to see our home support be as positive as the away support is. Uh, Those of us who travel to most away games will know that we always back the team, whatever. Um, Classic example being the... Uh, support we gave them during the 90 minutes of dire football that was played at Norwich when we lost 5-0. But we didn't moan, we didn't groan um, until after the final whistle had blown. And even then, I think people would have slunk away, um, excepting a few players who decided to make something of it, or a player who decided to make something of it. But it's going to be a difficult transfer window for the Bees in January and Bees fans. I think we will see a few movements out and that could cause some unrest. But it's no use taking it out on the players on the pitch. Who The 11 players that turn up on the day will be trying hard, I'm sure. Um, and we need at home and and a way to get behind them um, to make sure that we don't get sucked into any stupid relegation battle or, or the, and to also uh, make sure that we go on a good cup run. So that's my wish for 2017. Bit more positivity, particularly from those home
1: supporters. So what's my, my wish for 2017? I think my wish is that the judge plays a through ball to Hogan to slot in the winner against Fulham at Craven Cottage on uh, at the end of April which scuppers their chances of playoffs and gets us into the playoffs. Now that's not bad is it?
3: So, if I had a wish for Brentford for 2017, what would that be? It's actually quite difficult this one because you know, you've got lots of ideas of wishes and what you would like for your team. I mean, obviously you'd love to Scott Hogan and, and build around him, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. You know, you'd like to bring loads more players in. All these things, you know, my wish for 2017. I think for and uh, cup run, I'd love to have a cup run as well. We'll talk about that. I'm sure other people have chatted about that. You know, great for us to have a vibe on that. But to me, I'm just thinking actually, what would be nice is if we actually built a team, which eventually they kind of all peaked at the same time, which basically actually give us a good chance of really, really going for it. So like when we were in Division One. We had all our players, and they came into peak at the same time, and they got promoted. Then the following season, we peaked again. But at the, at the moment, sometimes we have players who are peaking one year, then we sell them a year later, and somebody else peaks, and then we flog them. So we also have a sort of itsy-bitsy side, and it'd be great for us to go for it and say, right, let's get a top winger in now, let's get in a top creative midfielder now, let's get in a top central midfielder now, or whatever we have to do, and let's bring them so they're all peaking at the same time, so we actually really give it a go, because we could actually take this league on. Look at that; them sides that are out there, your Birmingham's, your Derby's, all these other sides. We technically could be better than them, but we have to go for it. That's what I'd love. Jingle bells,
4: jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is
2: to ride in a one horse. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.